Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of, of course, the 90 Min football family as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and I'm back after a few days off. Well, I say a few days off. Uh, I travelled out to the United States to Las Vegas uh, for some work, uh, went over there to uh, cover uh, some football uh, to be part of an event and to uh, to basically support some of my colleagues in some of the work that they were doing as well. And I experienced Vegas to the fullest, to the max, I think. Um, or, yeah, as good as I could have hoped to have done. But my God, am I suffering with the blues now. Uh, back in London, uh, just in time, of course, for the Emirates Cup game, which takes place tonight. I'll be down at Emirates Stadium where we'll be bringing you uh, the London Sports Show on BBC Radio London, live from Emirates Stadium. So really, really looking forward to that. If you want to keep across what's going on and you're not going to be watching the game, then do tune in if you're in the London area uh, or via BBC Sounds and you'll be able to keep across all the action where I'll be reporting. So, yeah, um, I'm back. I'm ready to go. Uh, well, I say I'm ready to go. I am suffering from some serious jet lag. I understand what people say now or what people mean when they really bang on about it because I just feel just really tired and uh and as if i've yeah run a marathon and obviously i haven't i've sat on a plane for a long time uh but i have put my body shall we say through uh, some intense nights out uh over the last uh, week or so and um yeah it's gonna take me a bit of time to get back to normal uh, the one of the first questions in the chat today was uh James, who said, morning, Harry, have you recovered from Las Vegas yet? I think you could ask me that in a week's time and the answer will probably still be no. Um, best place on earth, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I say that now. Maybe I'll go somewhere else and change my mind, but I thought it was incredible. Um, if you're up for going and having some fun, then I don't think there is a better place. Uh, make sure that you're um, you're prepared, though. Uh, for what's to come there because it is really really intense if you want it to be obviously um, it, it can be quite expensive as well uh, especially for guys so uh, yeah um, 
just be prepared. But anyway, glad to be back. Uh, good to see so many of you in the live chat as well. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking David Raya. We're going to be talking Aaron Ramsdale. We're going to be talking following Balogun. Uh, I've just been sort of catching up with um, with sort of uh, some of the news that I... I'm not going to say I missed because I was across it and I was reading the stories as they were breaking and stuff, but maybe I didn't pause for long enough to think about these stories as much as I would have normally done had I been here and had I been sort of working and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I've got some more thoughts, uh, put out a little video, didn't we? After the David Ryan news broke, I've got some more thoughts on that. We're going to talk about the impact it will have on Aaron Ramsdale. What's a fair price to pay for the Spanish goalkeeper, given his contract situation at Brentford and his very public desire to leave the club. Uh, we're also talking following Balogun, as I say, because he has pleaded, according to reports with Arsenal, uh, to lower the asking price. And we'll also take your questions and thoughts from the live chat. Uh, Dave Atkinson says, uh, Harry, when is your channel turning into a man new channel? Oh, man, never, uh, never. But I was obviously out there. Uh, to cover a game between Manchester United and Borussia Dortmund. 90 Min uh, are now official partners with the Bundesliga. And of course, I work for 90 Min. Uh, there was also a Manchester United event going on in Las Vegas, uh, which is what my colleagues were there for. Uh, and I was there to provide a bit of support as well uh, in terms of um, sort of technical stuff and, and, and production stuff. But yeah, too many Man United fans in Las Vegas for my liking. Thankfully, the place was great and I could just kind of, you know, pushed him to one side a little bit. But anyway, let's get on to this David Raya stuff then. So what is the latest on it? Well, according to Fabrizio Romano, uh, this was something that he put out yesterday. Uh, Raya and Arsenal have agreed personal terms. There is an agreement in principle. Um, Brentford have been informed uh, by the players' side that he wants to join Arsenal and talks between the two clubs over the formula slash price are now expected to accelerate. Now, Brentford are going to dig their heels in. They've dug their heels in this whole time. Okay, They've wanted to keep David Raya. They were resigned to the fact that David Raya himself wanted the move and, and wanted to leave this summer. But as of yet, nothing's materialised. And that will be down to the fact that nobody is willing to pay or is ready to pay what Brentford are asking for. They value this player, despite his contract situation, his contract expires, I believe, at the end of next season. I'll just double check that so that I don't give you any wrong information. Uh, hold on a second. His contract is due to expire on uh, June the 30th, 2024. So at the end of this upcoming season. And he's not signing a new one. But Brentford still feel that they can get 40-odd million pounds for this player. Up until this point, there have been clubs rumoured to have been interested. There have been clubs who have said to uh, admire David Raya, but nobody has come to the table with an offer that Brentford deem uh, respectable, uh, good value or acceptable, I guess, is the bottom line here. David Raya, though, has now expressed a real want to move to Arsenal. And this is the thing, right? So first and foremost, David Raya is a goalkeeper that we've been linked with for, for a few years now. He's a really, really good goalkeeper, really great shot stopper. He tops plenty of the metrics when it comes to playing the ball out with his feet, which is obviously something that Mikel Arteta looks for. And it's obviously something that is essential to our style of play. The only thing I guess for me that doesn't quite make sense here is what does it mean for Aaron Ramsdale? Now, I know during the preseason tour and at times towards the back end of last season, 
there were Arsenal fans that questioned Aaron Ramsdale and were worried about some of the errors that were creeping into his game and all the rest of it. But this was never a position for me that felt like a priority going into this summer. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Mikel Arteta is unhappy with Aaron Ramsdale or that he no longer trusts him or that he no longer wants to push forward with him because I don't know that. And I don't think actually there is much evidence to say that that is the case. I think this is very much Arsenal spotting a market opportunity. David Raya is a top, top goalkeeper and Arsenal probably feel like they could get him for far less than the £40 million that Brentford are publicly asking for. Why? Because look, we've got up to this point where we're two weeks or so away from the start of the Premier League season, even less, and nobody has come in and taken him yet. Nobody has come in and paid that money. Arsenal do need a better backup goalkeeper, in my opinion, than Matt Turner. And that's not because I think Matt Turner's a rubbish goalkeeper before our US listeners get on my back. Um, that is not what I'm saying. But stylistically, and I've always said this from the beginning, I just don't think Matt Turner fits. I don't think Matt Turner is as confident on the ball as we need our goalkeeper to be. And therefore, when he plays, I think we change the way we build out from the back. And that causes us problems. It takes away from the, the plan A, if you like. It takes away from Mikel Arteta's go-to style. I think for £30 million, this would be fair. And what Arsenal would be doing if they added David Raya to their ranks is adding another very, very good goalkeeper with whom Mikel Arteta could rotate Aaron Ramsdale without worrying about a significant drop-off. Now, I've seen sort of Arsenal fans over the last few days just sort of scrolling through social media, listening to podcasts, etc. I've seen people say, well, David Raya is an instant upgrade on Aaron Ramsdale. If you look at his metrics on X, Y, Z, blah, 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 that will tell you that he's a much better goalkeeper. I disagree with that. I think David Raya could be as good, could be better even than Aaron Ramsdale. But at this stage... There is no reason to show Aaron Ramsdale the kind of disrespect that I've seen online. And there is no reason why Mikel Arteta would go into a new season without having faith in a goalkeeper that has consistently improved since coming to the side. It's great to have competition. For years and years and years, we've bemoaned the fact that we haven't had the competition, that when we've lost key players, we haven't had the, the quality of player to come in and backfill them. And, you know, so now if we're going to complain about the idea of spending X amount of money on David Rye would be hypocrites. But this does pose questions about the dynamic within the team. And, and that, for me, is unavoidable. So I, I really think that this is something that would probably or could impact Aaron Ramsdale a lot more than it would most goalkeepers. And I'll explain why in just a second. But let me take uh, a couple of your uh, thoughts from the um, from the comments section before we continue, Jay Sayers says, uh, the longer the window goes on, Brentford will have to sell. And I completely agree with you. This could be one that rumbles on until the back end of the window. Because as we say, Brentford want X amount of money. The clubs that are seriously interested in David Raya will know what his contract situation looks like, will understand how hard he's pushing from his side to get the move that he wants, and will feel like they will be in a much better bargaining, negotiating position come the end of the window. So I wouldn't be surprised if this drags on for a little while. Uh, Banos in the chat says we can't be relying on Turner. I agree in terms of the play, the the build-up, the, the on-the-ball stuff. I think you're right. We can't rely on Turner. We can't put Turner in 
to the team right now and expect him to do all of the things with the ball at his feet that Aaron Ramsdale does. Aaron Ramsdale's given us a few heart attack moments, okay? There's there's no denying that. And sometimes he does play on the edge and all the rest of it. But generally speaking, he's very good with the ball at his feet. And he's added a lot to our game by being able to do that. Uh, Charles says Arteta is wild, I swear. Big man Andy says having Raya as a backup makes zero sense. Surely he wouldn't want to play second fiddle. Well, that was my initial thought. But if he hasn't got another big club, right now expressing a concrete serious interest in him then maybe he is happy to come to Arsenal and fight for a place you've got to remember that Arsenal are going to be fighting on multiple fronts there's the Premier League there's the Champions League there's the Cups uh, both of the Cup competitions so there will be plenty of opportunities I think unlike the Europa League though it's it's not likely that you're going to rotate your goalkeeper between or, or your best goalkeeper and your second choice goalkeeper in terms of Premier League and Champions League, you're probably going to want to go with your number one in both of those competitions. But if they're both seen as equals in the eyes of Mikel Arteta, maybe you'll see that. Strength in depth is needed. It absolutely is. But, um, you know, I know that a lot of people are, are concerned by this, I guess, and, and concerned because they think that this is going to cause a problem in the dressing room more than being disappointed about having two really good goalkeepers. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants strength and depth, of course. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, let me just go back to what I meant when I said, you know, that for me, this has the potential to impact someone like Aaron Ramsdale a lot more than it would another goalkeeper. And the reason I say that is because Aaron Ramsdale is a huge, larger-than-life character. Some would say he's a little bit arrogant. And Fine, if you think that's, you know, what Aaron Ramsdale is, that's that's okay. But that's that character, that sort of confidence and belief that he has in himself is a big part of why he is as good as he is. And I just worry that if you bring in another goalkeeper of David Raya's level, you put him in the team, he outshines Aaron Ramsdale or holds the place for a little while, you know, people will say Aaron Ramsdale's got a big character and he's able to bounce back from these things and he's bounced back from relegation, et cetera, et cetera. But you'd almost be taking him down a peg. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes people need to feel competition. They need to feel like their place is in jeopardy to really uh, be that, you know, or be as motivated as they possibly can be. It should bring out the best in the players fighting for those positions. But somebody like Aaron Ramsdale, I think, whose character is such a big part of who he is and a big part of what he brings to the team on the pitch, I just wonder if bringing in David Wright just might take him down a notch and then we might start to lose the star quality that I think Aaron Ramsdale has. I don't know, just a concern. Not saying it's definitely going to happen. Not even saying that we're definitely going to be able to agree a fee with Brentford. I don't think Arsenal should pay more than £30 million to bring in a rotational goalkeeper if that is what he's coming in to be. And especially given his contract situation. We're not dealing with Real Madrid. We're not dealing with uh, Barcelona here. We're not dealing with Manchester United or Chelsea or Liverpool, with all due respect. We're dealing with Brentford, a club that can ill afford to allow David Raya, one of their best assets, maybe in their history, to walk for free. So Arsenal, for me, uh, will know that, and Arsenal will want to um, will want to uh, 
take advantage of that situation you feel. But listen, I'm all for David Raya coming in in that he's a better goalkeeper than Matt Turner for me, especially when you think about the way that we like to play the game. I think he's understands the league. He's got the know-how. I don't think the price is unreasonable. Even if we do end up paying 30-odd million, I still think in the grand scheme of things, that's a decent amount of money for a player of his potential, of his level, etc., uh, etc. Et so I'm, I'm happy for Arsenal to do the deal, but I have to say I didn't see this coming. And when I was out in Las Vegas and I got the notification through uh, from David Ornstein, I was surprised. And it took me probably the last couple of days where I've kind of had a a bit of an opportunity to chill and, and relax and and sort of gather my thoughts. I started to think about sort of the competition element, which is obviously good. I started to think about the fact that we'd be able to rotate without it impacting our game too much, which is good. I did have a look at some of the statistics. I'm always wary of goalkeeping statistics because I think they can paint a false picture more so than player statistics at times. I'm talking about outfield players. So I, I didn't really read into that too much. And An example of that would be, David Raya is top, I think, when it comes to long balls. If you've got a great target that you're picking out, and and I, I think someone else made this point on Twitter as well, if you've got a great target man, for example, Ivan Tony, and he's able to bring down a large percentage of your long balls, then your statistic is going to look much, much better. If you're playing the right passes, but your striker, front man, big man, whatever, is unable to bring those balls down, that's going to reflect negatively on your stats. So they don't always tell the full story. But obviously, on the surface, the evidence around David Raya and his level looks really, really positive and really, really good. So that's great. But will it impact the dynamic? Will one of them end up growing frustrated to the point where there's disharmony? Will this, you know, is this the best use of the money that Arsenal have remaining? Um or is this something that is being driven purely by the market, purely by the fact that there is an opportunity here? And listen, that's part of Arsenal's job, right? It's to it's to get your priority targets in. And I did say to you guys that at some point in the window, Arsenal will keep their ears close to the ground. Obviously, they need to move players out. And I think we're going to start getting a little bit of movement in that sense uh, in the not too distant future as well. But part of it and, and the third phase of the window, as I've said to you guys throughout it, has been get to that point where we're looking for opportunities. And if an opportunity comes along, we think is too good to allow to pass by, then we make those moves and we do those deals. And David Raya feels like it could be one of them. Let's take a, a few more of your comments on this. We're going to talk following Balogun as well in a little bit, um, but I'm interested to get some of your uh, thoughts here. Uh, Ray Beam um, says... Harry, why do the top clubs not have strength in keeper debt? City have just bought Ortega, who is levels below Edison. But Edison is is like elite level. He's probably the second best goalkeeper in the world, in my opinion. Second or third. Very difficult to find another goalkeeper that is at that level that is going to be willing to play second fiddle. Arsenal have an opportunity, I think, to bring in a goalkeeper who's of a similar level to the one that they have now. That's competition. And that would be done at a reasonably good price. Because I think, as I say, Arsenal could get this deal done for around about probably £30 million. Uh, Damien Kelly says Ramsdale had been slacking off. He needs the challenge, getting beat at his near post too much and his passing out has been sloppy. Uh, Banos says Ramsdale is nowhere near his prime. 
Raya is there or thereabouts age-wise, this will be great competition to have. Yeah, of course. I mean, David Raya is 27 years old as well, you know, so he's been around the block a little bit more. Um, he is... I, I look, age doesn't always mean that you're more experienced. Uh, he's a couple of years older than Aaron Ramsdale, but Aaron Ramsdale's been through some pretty brutal stuff in his career, which I think has created the character that we see today or contributed to the, the character development and, and all the rest of it. But yeah, um, it, I, I think it's great to have the competition. As I say, I just wonder if this idea of not having a clear number one just maybe muddies the waters a little bit. I'm a little bit worried about the midfield as well. Um, and, and I've expressed this over the last few weeks as well. I just feel like, yeah, we need to move forward and we, we want to keep moving. We don't want to be static. We don't want to stand still in our progress. But we're changing a lot of things that worked well for us last season. And so naturally, I'm going to be a little bit apprehensive about the effect that some of these changes might have they might work out great and I hope they do and I've got enough trust in Mikel Arteta now to lean towards that side of the argument but there is always going to be that part of me that thinks oh you know should you be really reinventing this right now is it the right time I don't know um uh, Fuad says if Ramsdale gets affected by Raya coming in to compete then maybe he's not the keeper we thought he was um it's a good point um, Charles says, I think the opposite Harry Ramsdale will meet this challenge head on. He lives for competition. Creambone also disagrees. Uh, he says his personality would relish the challenge. Um, in my opinion, uh, Jeff says, I wish fans would understand it's becoming about minutes rather than a first 11. Getting players to understand that if your form dips or injuries happen, the drop off is limited. Rambo would thrive. Listen, as I've said, I am, I am positive about David Raya and I'd like David Raya to come in but I think this has got to be managed in a really careful way because we've got players particularly Aaron Ramsdale who I think are built on character and are built on doing things in a certain way and if you start to if you start to take away from that you might not see them be the same player that they were and you may see that then have an impact on them ability-wise, particularly when you're someone that likes to use the crowds and likes to use all of that competition stuff in the way that Aaron Ramsdale does. Look, we'll see. Um, I hope that we do get the deal done and I hope it all works out for the best because we'd be significantly improving our goalkeeper in the department if we moved on Matt Turner, with all due respect to him, and brought David Raya in instead. Um, Robert says, uh, we are seeing Mikel and Edu being ruthless. The club has lacked this. For years, yeah, in that sense, you're right. And it's it's good to see. Um, it's good to see the club showing ambition, isn't it? Going out and potentially spending 30 plus million pounds on a goalkeeper that's out of contract next summer because Arsenal feel he's the guy. He's got that relationship with Inaki Kanya as well, Arsenal, the goalkeeping coach. Um, and we know that Arsenal have been interested in this goalkeeper for a little while. This isn't something out of the blue. Um, there's an opportunity to get him now. So, yeah, let's, um, let's do it. Uh, but as I say, We'll have to see um, what happens. And and sometimes look, everybody talks about strength and depth. And obviously that is an important factor in the modern game. And, and you're right to point out, I think it was Jeff in the chat, that sometimes it's about the number of minutes rather than who's in the starting 11. A starting 11 is less of a thing now than it was in the past. But I do think that sometimes you can overcomplicate stuff. And I do think that managers, when they give themselves tough decisions to make, 
can often overthink stuff and get it wrong. Um, and uh, and I just hope that that is not going to be the case with us and, and with this. But anyway, um, Jay says, why uh, spend this amount on a goalkeeper but not a winger? I, I agree that if if that is the only money available, I'd prefer we spent it on a forward rather than a goalkeeper because I didn't see that going into the summer as a real urgent position that we needed to address. But hey, um, as I say, market opportunity presents itself. Arsenal are going to make that move. Let's quickly talk uh, following Balogun as well. Uh, we're going to take a really short pause and then we'll do that chat because he, of course, uh, is being um, or continues to be linked with a move away. But nobody's bitten yet. And we think that's down to Arsenal's asking price. We'll do that chat in just a moment. Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. We've been talking David Raya. We've been talking uh, following, or well, we're going to be talking following Balogun as well, I should say. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, look, Balogun is, is someone that we've been talking about all summer. You know, will he go? Will he stay? What's a fair price for following Balogun, given how well he performed in French football last season? Arsenal clearly uh, value him at uh, a high amount. Some people think that it's around about 50 million euros, which translates to around about 45 million pounds. And it seems like that has put off a number of potential suitors. Inter were the club that were being most heavily linked with following Balogun. Uh, and they have decided to turn their attention elsewhere. They're looking at West Ham United's Gianluca Scamacca as a more affordable alternative uh, to Arsenal's US men's national team striker. According to Ben Jacobs yesterday, following Balogun has asked Arsenal to drop their price. He's already said that he won't go out on loan. And having had feedback from Inter that the £45 million asking price was too high, um, you know, they... The Balogun's camp are now pleading with Arsenal to try and facilitate the move that he clearly wants. We spoke about it a few weeks ago. His comments didn't feel, um, you know, didn't feel like those comments of a player that really wanted to stay and fight for his place. I can understand why he wants to move on if he's not getting guarantees around his place. I'm not going to beat someone up for having belief and confidence in their own ability to go on and succeed. You know, fair play to the guy. But... The market is what it is now. And why should Arsenal hand him out? You know, we're not a charity case. We have repeatedly had to pay over the odds to get players in. But this is the problem that you get now with Premier League versus rest of the world, right? Because for a Premier League club, if there was one seriously interested, which we don't know that there is, there have been a few names mooted about, but, you know, nothing's really come out that gives me much confidence in the seriousness of that interest. But if you think about it, Nobody outside of the Premier League is going to have the money to be able to pay the £45 million um, that that Arsenal want. And so you then limit yourself to only being able to sell to a very select group of football clubs if you want to achieve that price. Arsenal say £45 million from what we're reading. If someone came in with 37 38 I think they'd entertain it, given the players really pushing for it and the player... Um, you know, he's seemingly desperate to get out and get his opportunity elsewhere. But 
yeah, why should we back down? You know, I think between now and the end of the window, we will have to compromise some way and we probably will have to let the player go for a price that maybe doesn't quite reflect what we value him at. But at this stage in particular, with a good month to go in the window, then why would you uh, compromise? Why would you back down in terms of your valuation? So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And someone put in the comments, I think it was Ray Beam, mad that Lavia was valued at 45 million, but Balogun not. I completely agree with you. And I've been saying throughout that Lavia's price is overblown. Balogun gives you goals. Goals are the most valuable commodity in football. So how Romeo Lavia can be seen at 45 million pounds, but Balogun isn't, is crazy. But then again, it goes back to that Premier League thing. It goes back to that English football select club, if you like, where... Lavia is being linked with English clubs and that's why he's being talked about for that amount of money. If there was interest from Italy, Spain, Germany, you wouldn't be talking about that kind of money. And so either Balogun, you know, joins a Premier League club, Arsenal get what they want, or some kind of concession is going to have to be made on one side or the other because, you know, you're not going to get into coughing up 45 million. That, that's where we're at. Um but yeah, interesting one, this. I'm a bit, there's a part of me that's a bit disappointed in Balogun because like we've been talking about the need for a forward. Um, you know, we know that Jesus can play from the right as well if if we need him to. There's no reason why he couldn't play from the left either if we really needed him to. But there's a part of me that wanted to see Balogun go, no, this is an up-and-coming team. This is a team that fought right at the top of the Premier League last season that are going to be in the Champions League again for the first time in a little while. I want to give it a go. I want to give it six months or so and see where I'm at. Now, that might not necessarily be the best thing for Arsenal Football Club because if he stays for six months, doesn't play, his value decreases quite significantly. And all of a sudden, you know, you're then able to sell him for maybe half of what you wanted later down the line. Not necessarily the best thing for the club, as I say, but there's a part of me that wanted to see Balogun go, no, you know what? I am good enough for Arsenal. I am good enough to be a striker at a top Premier League club rather than really, really push, I'm not getting guarantees, so I'm going to push. If you back yourself, then back yourself and fight for a place. So whilst I can understand that he wants to go and play and all the rest of it, there was a tiny part of me that went into this summer thinking maybe he was going to surprise us and and really lay down a gauntlet in pre-season. Instead, he's been training alone. He's not been very involved. Um, and yeah, it just it just clearly isn't a relationship that's that's working. Um, don't know that there's been a falling out or anything like that. Wouldn't like to speculate on stuff like that, but it just, yeah, it, it's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't bode well with me, this thing sort of dragging out, just resolve it. Let's just get it done one way or the other. Um, and if we have to accept slightly less then then so what, you know, someone's only worth what someone else is willing to pay, I guess. Um, and, and that's where I'm kind of at on that. Okay, uh, just a quick one. If you haven't done so already, please, please do leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. If you're listening on audio, please do leave us a review. I've seen some Apple podcast reviews creeping in over the last few days. Uh, they really, really do help. So get involved in them. Uh, as I say, subscribe to the YouTube channel as we continue on our journey towards 30,000 subscribers. Okay, going to take another very, very short pause. And then we're going to take some of your questions uh, just a few uh, because I do have to dash, uh, but I will be uh, heading down to Emirates Stadium very, very shortly to begin getting prepared for the BBC London Sports Show. BBC Radio London tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. will be keeping you across 
all the action from the Emirates Cup. So uh, stay tuned. I'll uh, be back in a moment to take some of your questions. Get them in the chat box. Okay, let's see uh, what we've got here. Let's see what we've got here. Um, the gold standard uh, highlights that Jackson um, was thirty-four million pounds. That's what Chelsea paid for him. Agreed. Yes, that is what Chelsea paid for him. I get that, but the point I'm trying to make is that was a deal done where a Premier League club were going and buying from somewhere else. The Premier League clubs have significantly more money. The Premier League clubs will be held to ransom every time they go to do a deal because everybody knows that. This is the other way around. The the strongest interest in following Balogun, as, as far as we know at the moment, is from Italy. Or well, Italian clubs don't have the resource that Chelsea do. Therefore, the likelihood of this deal being done at similar value is 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 unlikely, basically. Um, plus, I think he had a release clause, maybe. I'm not sure about that, though. Don't quote me on it. Um, Jid says, are you not concerned by the lack of stability at Arsenal? We've bought about 16 players in three years and keep tinkering. Arteta has lost faith in too many players after a season or two. There's two ways of looking at this. You can either look at it that there's an instability. I think, actually, there's a lot of stability in terms of the core of the team. Your Gabriels, your Whites, your Ramsdales, uh, your Odegaards, your Partes, your Sackers. These players have been a big part of the eleven for a number of years now. So there is a real stability in that sense. I understand what you're talking about, player turnover. But I think, for me, that's actually Arsenal being ruthless, which is needed as well. Do a deal. Doesn't work. Lukonga, for example, didn't work. Let's try and move him on. Nuno Tavares hasn't worked. Let's try and move him on. There needs to be that ruthlessness. And that will cause a higher turnover in players. Uh, absolutely. I agree with that. But I don't know that I would categorise it, I guess, as instability. Uh, Tony Fulbrook says, uh, I wouldn't go into Tesco's and ask them to drop their prices and expect them to. Good point. Good point. Um what else have we got? Uh, there is talk of uh, Tommy Asu as well. Um, leaving potentially Inter, said to be interested. Inter want to loan him and then with an obligation to buy. Again, Italian clubs not having the financial muscle to go in there and, and real, really make a play for someone. Not not entertaining that. Um, don't want that. Um, don't want to let him go. This is a big season for him though because he needs to prove his fitness and he needs to show that he can be relied on when he is fit. He's a great option for the squad. He's a great player to have around the place. Got an excellent attitude. Um, not as good getting forward as some of our other fullback options, I don't think, but um, brings you strength, brings you physicality, brings you hard work, brings you a lot of things. Um, and, and he's a player that, given what we paid for him, I, I want to keep him uh, around for sure. AJ Envoy says, Harry, are you concerned with the fringe players still being a part of the squad and our ability to raise sufficient funds for the likes of Pepe holding Lukonga, Cedric, etc.? Um, I mean, am I concerned with these players? No, because ultimately they're not good enough. So I didn't expect people to be queuing around the corner to sign them. Um, yeah. So I guess that's that's where I'm at. Um on this like people like Cedric they're gonna go um holding eventually is gonna go Lukonga probably will go out on loan initially but will eventually go there's talk of Arsenal terminate Nicolas Pepe's contract as well uh, in order to allow him to go and get the move that he wants and just almost break ties with a, a player who, for whom we paid a lot of money but it just hasn't worked 
everybody always complains about our or inability to get rid of certain people, but it's not always as easy uh, as just cutting ties. You know, there's financial things. The players got to want to go as well. You know, if they're happy collecting a big salary at Arsenal, how are you going to force them out the door? You probably can't. So, yeah, um, not not majorly concerned about that because I think in time that will all uh, rectify itself. What else have we got? Uh, Brian Mavis says, uh, what about Kvaratskhelia? Um, is that true, basically, that he's wanted by Arsenal? I mean, I don't know that. Um, I, 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 I don't know that. And I, I don't think there's much truth in that, to be honest. I think the price that Aurelia De Laurentiis would ask for uh, Kvara Kvaratskhelia would be crazy. And, uh, and I don't think that's one that Arsenal will be able to do this summer. Um, but yeah. Uh, Derek says, what's your wife like? She's one in a million. Congratulations. She is one in a million because she puts up with me. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Uh, Clock Orange says, will terminating contracts of players hurt us in getting new players? It's one of those things that you, you can't have it both ways. You're either annoyed that they're at the football club and you want to be ruthless and cut ties with them and show that you're not willing to put up with any shit or you just let them hang around, in which case people will moan that they're still a part of the makeup. So it's really difficult. Really, really difficult. Uh, Afsar says, moon the likes. Yes, please do, because we're slacking a little bit on the likes department, I think. We haven't even got 100 likes on the board, which is crazy when you think how many of you are with us live right now. I was going to talk a little bit about the Emirates Cup, but by the time you guys are listening to this, it will be done. So um, I won't do that. And what we'll do is we'll do a longer episode looking back on that. Um, either, either really late um, tonight or first thing bright and early tomorrow morning. I'm going to try to do it uh, tonight when I get home from the game because it's a six o'clock kickoff, so I should get home at a reasonable time. But um, I am seriously jet-lagged, so I might feel like shit by the time I get home. I came out to work this morning. I'm going straight from here to Emirates Stadium to cover that game as well. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see a little bit later on. Uh, but there will be a post-match podcast coming either way, whether it's tonight or tomorrow morning for you, in which we'll look at how things unfold at Emirates Stadium in a lot of detail. Uh, I'm going to take a couple more. Uh, Matt says, do you think Saudi clubs will start attracting top managers? I think they'll start attracting managers that are maybe just past being elite because the money, the money's crazy. And ultimately that that talks, doesn't it? money talks and, and and money walks and in some cases it's walked people all the way to Saudi Arabia so yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they do uh, start to bring in those types you know for example I think someone like Jose Mourinho could end up there in the next couple of years he's done it all what what else has he got left to do other than go get a massive payday wouldn't be surprised if someone like Carlo Ancelotti eventually went as well um, but we'll see uh, AJ says uh, how important do you think uh, is that we bring in another striker with a different skill set. Do you see Arsenal actually buying someone? I'd like us to bring in a different profile of forward. And I actually think that that is more of a priority than the goalkeeping situation. But hey, uh, it is what it is. And, um, and uh, you know, again, it could be dependent on whether there's a market opportunity. Uh, Raphael says, do you think our new sponsorship deal might see us move for another big player, even if there's no player sales? A lot of extra revenue this year could be a big forward, uh, could see a big forward signing. Yeah, maybe. Um, the, the, the issue is with, um, with uh, the sponsorship deal is that 
you feel like Arsenal have already spent way more money than they'd want to spend or than they've been bringing in. And so things like that could be seen as a leveller, as something to just kind of build that bridge between what we can spend and what or what we should spend and what we have spent. So, you know, it's the owner's prerogative how they use that money. I think they've backed us in the transfer market, which is a good thing, obviously, but you might see them want to claw some of that back through things like the sponsorship deal. So I'm not going to say that it definitely means we're going to go out and get more players in. Tim Drake says, hey, Harry, how important is the Community Shield and also the Emirates Cup? Are they taking it seriously or are they just still preseason games with a shiny thing at the end? I think the Monaco game tonight is a preseason game with a shiny thing at the end. But being at home and and being, you know, just a short time out from the Premier League season kicking off, you want to you want to do your best. You want to be sort of leveling up now in terms of your preparation. So I think they are important. I think they're going to give us an indication of maybe what Arteta's intentions are going into the campaign as well. Um, when it comes to the community shield, I think this one is a bit more significant. Again, it is a friendly. Yeah, there's a shiny thing at the end. But for me, this is about, I think, psychologically going into the season, knowing we can compete with Man City. If we can do that, I think that takes us to another level because we always seem to crumble against them. We always seem to fall apart mentally. I don't think that we really believe that we're as good as them. And although it would be a victory in a friendly, I think it would go some way in convincing this group that actually we are ready to take the next step. So I do think that one has bigger significance. Anyway, guys, I am going to leave it there. Going to love you and leave you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, don't forget to like if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand spanking new. And stay tuned to the Chronicles of Aguna. Me on Twitter at Harry Simiu. Give me a follow on Twitter. I'm really... Um, just a few away actually from a major milestone on there. So give me a follow on Twitter if you don't already at Harry Simeon or X as it's now known. It's always going to be Twitter to me, by the way. Anyway, get involved on there and uh, and I'll speak to you guys all soon. Uh, thank you so much for bearing with me without providing content over the last few days. Uh, I am back now. Um, I am going to fight through the jet lag and we will, we will uh, bring you the best coverage we've ever brought you going into this new season. So stay tuned. I'll catch you all soon. Till next time. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.